So good. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lifestyle Medicine. I appreciate you guys being patient with me. I've had a number of people ask me to continue making content, and I didn't want people to think that I was stopping making content. But I'm going to be honest, with this quarantine, it has slowed my rhythms. And I'm learning, out how, I'm learning how to navigate that, but it has slowed me down because I'm taking more time between creating content. There are more pauses in my life, mentally, emotionally, physically. And this process hasn't been particularly easy, and I'm also doing pretty well. And I'm great, very grateful for that, and I feel very fortunate that I'm doing pretty well. But a lot of people aren't, and that's what I, I'm going to stress and talk about today, which is essentially the mental health pieces around being in quarantine and how we can bolster and maintain and keep our mental health on point while we're going through this. Because from a lot of people that I'm talking to and a lot of people that are reaching out to me, people are saying, okay, so I feel like I'm doing my part in terms of spatially creating distance between me and other people and family members. And when I go outside, I'm wearing a mask and gloves and they feel that they are doing their part but their psyche is suffering and the people in their family, their psyches are suffering and there's a tension and depression and sadness that's coming with the lack of social activity, the lack of physical contact, the lack of being able to hug your loved ones. Again, I feel very fortunate that I have a wife and daughter that I'm quarantined with. So in terms of love and affection, I feel pretty full in that area, but I'm very aware of the people that are not single people who are stuck at home and people that are living in smaller spaces these are real factors that come into play when we're looking at people dealing with their stress. So the three things, the three overarching ideas that I want to overlay onto this and so that you can remember it and you have something to kind of default back to is nature, mindset, and mantra. These three things, nature, mindset, and mantra, are the three words I want you to come back to if you are wanting some kind of help or guidance in terms of how to support your mental health during this process because it's real. The, the mind and body do not separate. They are very much connected and what's happening in the mind is going to affect the body eventually. So we need to keep the lighthouse up here streaming and giving off a good clean light and we have to navigate that terrain. We have to think about how, how can we keep the mental faculties on point and keeping the stress levels down at the mental level. So the first one is nature. As I've said before in other podcasts and other content, we are still in a position where we can go outside, which I think is, we're very, very grateful. I mean, I'm very grateful to have that. And I feel that a lot of people are expressing a lot of gratitude for still having that, not being in what you would call a full quote unquote lockdown where you can't leave your property. I hope it doesn't go there. I hope people continue to maintain what is being asked of people so that we can all benefit from that. But the simple the simple idea that I want to come back to is the relationship between our immune response and our mental health just from being outdoors. There's something very powerful that happens. If you would like to look into the research around grounding, which is the, the science and sort of the practice of going outside and what happens to the biological organism of a human being, what happens to us when we go outside and we interface with nature. And that means when we go outside specifically and take our shoes off and get our feet onto real actual earth, soil, grass, getting into a creek, but having bare feet, what they call flesh to flesh contact, give, and meaning that grass is the flesh of the earth, trees, these things are actually the outcroppings or the skin of the earth. And we want to think of flesh to flesh contact. 
the Chinese were big on this. Uh, Feng Shui talks about it quite a bit, but the basic idea is this, and they said it in different ways. And I'm going to talk about the, the Western science of this a little bit, and then also the Eastern perspective. The Feng Shui stipulates that the Earth is an organism. It's alive. It has rhythms. The things that we call the five elements are basically the physical outcroppings of the emotionality of the planet, in a way. And mankind being a, a direct corollary relational and sharing that connection with the planet earth means that we interface and we dialogue with it so being outside in, in eastern theory is great because you're interfacing with something larger than yourself which is good which shifts the mindset and gets us into a positive thinking frame and thinking into larger rhythms that's one and two there's some real science behind what actually happens and what it comes back to is this we have to remember while we're in quarantine whether we know this or not the body has an, a, what they call a bioelectrical current that runs through it. Our central nervous system, which is housed inside the spinal column, emits electrical impulses that travels through a body that's 70 to 80 percent water, depending on the, the book or the literature you're reading. And as we get older, that number actually goes down. We actually have less water and we wrinkle up and we dehydrate as we get older. But for the most part, we are very much a water organism with electrical current inside. What they found through the HeartMath Institute, which you can research, they're out of Boulder Creek. They've been covered by mainstream media. They've discovered the human heart has an electromagnetic field that extends outside the body. This electromagnetic field can be augmented through emotional states. Very interesting research. But the planet Earth has this same thing. This is why we have magnetic poles, the north and south poles. This is why compasses will, you know, swing towards magnetic north or south. We have this very large electromagnetic current that comes out of the planet that people have used for navigating for you know many thousands of years. And there's an electromagnetic field that comes out of the body. And because the earth and human beings have these things, Chinese medicine is very much like is good for like. So interfacing with something that has an electromagnetic field, interacting with another person, interacting with um, the planet, you know, going, going outside, this is the basic idea from the, from the Eastern perspective. Now, when we go outside, what they've found with grounding, when we get our feet on grass or we lay down and we have our skin touch grass, when we get outside, there's a number of things that start to happen. For one, immune response is improved. And there's a lot of scientific data and research that I'm not going to go into right now. But the basic idea is that when we are outside, immune response is improved. We get, we get the negative ions that are outside. We get, we get the exposure okay, to, to the natural world. We get exposed to you know, um, the microbiome of natural environments, which is good for the gut. By touching trees, doing these kinds of things, our body needs to interface with healthy bacteria. So we get that from going outside. And when we go outside, we also get sunlight, which is pretty basic. And we all know this, that we convert the, the conversion, the, the vitamin D that we actually acquire comes from having sunlight touch our skin. We get it through our skin, that's one. And if you guys are following the research at all, the things that they're saying that are really supported to the immune system, vitamin D, zinc, okay, sunlight, supplementing with these things, vitamin C. If we can get outside and get sunlight, this supports immune response, but it's also incredibly good for the mindset. When we have exposure to light, we also take light in through the eyes. This has, a, has an effect that ties to also vitamin D production in the body. So we take it through the eyes, we take it through the skin, and we can do that, like I said, immune response goes up, we feel better, but then what light does to the mind? There's a reason that we get sleepy when it starts to get dark. If any of you have camped, you know that when you when it, the sun goes down early, 
we start to get sleepy very quickly. And that's because our circadian rhythm is starting, is kicking in and it's aligned with the sun cycles and the night cycles. And we start to produce a different set of hormones and chemicals in the body at night to help us go to sleep. And then there's a bunch of feel-good chemicals that come during the day that are supposed to activate us and stimulate us. And we want that. So we need to have exposure to light. We need to go outside. And like I said, grounding, because when that happens, cortisol levels, the stress hormone actually goes down. We don't want cortisol elevated for a long period of time. And we're getting probably more cortisol spikes in the culture from the mental, um, the, the tumultuous terrain that we're in right now with so much stress and so much worry and so much anxiety. We want those cortisol levels. They have a tendency to probably go up, right? In an upward trend throughout the day. And if we can take time to go outside and do some things, we can slow it down. So go outside, you guys, while you can. It's really reasonable to get outside for your own personal health. But of course, always really being mindful of the spatial distancing right now. What they're, what's being asked of us, you know, globally and at a large cultural scale. You know, wear your masks, wear your gloves, do whatever you've got to do to feel comfortable in, you know, in your process. But also really understand that the people around you might be considerably way more sensitive about this than you. And they, and for good reason, they might be immunocompromised, they might have, who knows, you know, we don't know anybody's story. But I think it's reasonable to really play that game to make people feel comfortable also. I'm doing that and uh, I feel I feel lucky enough and fortunate enough to be healthy. That doesn't mean I wouldn't struggle with this virus if I got it. But um, I also know that I'm not in the boat with a lot of other people who actually have immunocompromised systems. And that's something we have to keep in mind too, to, to keep the mental health of the people around us in mind also we're all we are all in this together so we need to pay attention to those rhythms and be be attentive to that i think it's very reasonable so go outside you guys maintain your distance do what you have to get some exercise get some fresh air but sunlight and fresh air is very good for your mental health and very good for the physical body as well now the next one is mindset we look at mindset these all of course overlap and they're all going to link into one another one into each other to a degree. But when we look at mindset, one of the things we've got to look at is what we would call the attitude or the intent. Where are we focusing our attention? What are we doing? And one of the big things that's going to reset the mind is social interaction. And we don't have a ton of that right now, but that's one of the key ways for most of us. If we're feeling really shitty or we're in really bad space, we end up usually needing to talk to somebody, someone we trust, someone we like, a friend, a family member, and while we can't do that in the physical context, this is the opportunity that I am, I say spatial distancing way more than I say social distancing because I don't think social distancing is great. And I know what they mean by it. They're saying, don't go to social gatherings. And they're saying, they're using that word on a large scale to make it very clear. But I think for my mental health, I say spatial distancing. And I think that's, I think that's, way better to think about because we can still be very social. We can still make phone calls. We can still get on Skype. We can still get on FaceTime. We can still get on Zoom. We can get into these platforms and actually see people's faces. We can laugh with them. And I'm seeing people do it, which is awesome. And there's a lot of people who have never done it or have poo-pooed the idea without trying it. And I would say, give it a shot. If you haven't done this, if you haven't had distant hangouts or distant dates with, you know, uh, with your friends, this is really the time to do it because seeing people laughing, making light of it, joking, getting that fire stimulated inside of us is one of the best things we can do. And I think this is a no-brainer for a lot of people, but for the people it isn't, I like to stress this and encourage it. I am doing some kind of virtual hangout, I would say at least two to three times a week, 
maybe more. And I have also seen friends at parks, you know, bumped into them, talked to them and said, oh, hey, I'll meet you at the park and we can stay 10 to 12 feet away and just talk to one another for a few minutes and then continue on our ride. But those little tiny pockets of connection with people and digitally or you, or you, you know, within the parameters of being outside and you see someone from a distance, these kinds of things are really important. I know a number of friends who've had birthday parties for family members and they gather on a lawn and they, everyone stays apart. And while it's not perfect, it really scratches the itch. And I think that's what we need to focus on is not strive for perfection right now, but strive for the things that sustain us. And the social connection is a big one. The mindset is, we, our mindsets are very much influenced by the people that we connect with. And I think you have to be selective with who you talk to right now. If someone has a beef with you, even if you're good friends, and if someone has a beef with you about something, it's probably not the time to drop in with them. It's probably not the time to, to sit here and stir up, you know, unresolved things right now. Because if that happens, it's gonna there's there's enough stressors and enough factors depleting us that we need to basically be aligning with people that uplift us. And right now, all of my social hangouts are predicated on people that actually make me feel better. And if the, the people that I, if I leave a conversation and I feel not so great or I feel a little heavy, it's nothing against them. I, I keep it to my own, you know, it's my own reaction to it, but I'm also selective. Like I'm probably not going to hang out with that person as much. I'm probably going to go pick this other person because I'm getting something considerably better where I feel better after the conversation. And it doesn't have to be a mental process. You don't have to think like, well, on paper, this person has done A, B, C, and D, or they've known me this long. That doesn't work. Go with your feeling heart. How do you feel after the conversation? Do you energetically feel uplifted after engaging with them? That's the marker. Try to keep your mind out of it. Go by feeling and instinct. And I think that's way better in terms of picking the people that are going to uplift us. So do what you can to be social. Do what you can to talk to people. Make jokes. Write. And the other thing with, with, with mindset absolutely is artistic expression. Nothing shifts our mindset as quickly as creating something. Now, art, when I say that word, that's a loaded word. A lot of people think, for, for those of you who know, I, I grew up sort of a traditional art person. My mom was an artist. My dad was an artist. It runs in my bloodline. I like to draw. I like to sculpt. But art is not restricted to just those things. You don't have to be a good, formal, visual artist to do something artistic. Journaling can be artistic in writing. Do, doing woodwork, carving wood, creating designs, moving objects in your backyard, placing things, moving furniture. There's a lot of ways to create something. Creating a shift in your environment, redecorating is technically a creative activity, writing, journaling, all these things can be creative, but this is one of the things, again, when we are learning, we are taking information in. This is what we would call a yin or contracting phase. We're receiving, we're, we're taking in, we're absorbing. When we listen to news, it's the same thing. When we listen to a person talk, we're taking in and we're listening. The act of creation is the opposite polarity. It's the act of pushing energy out. Here's how I'm feeling, and I'm gonna go do this thing and push out into the world to, for one, circulate my own demons, and two, to make a mark outside myself. And when we do that, we open up what we would call the empowered cycle. This is where we step into dynamics of power and creation. And so we wanna, we wanna play with this because a lot of what we're doing right now is we're at home, we're taking in a lot more than we think we are. We're taking in the, the looks of the people around us. We're taking in people's fear, their body language. 
we're taking in what we're seeing on the news. There's a lot of taking in and probably not enough pushing out. And part of that comes from, again, social dynamics, artistic, creative activity, but anything that's creative and outward moving is going to be the counterbalance to all of the inward energy we're taking in right now, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. As we take in, we've got to push out. So I encourage you to be creative in your spaces when you can. That means, you know, being wittier, you know, making better meals, making visually pretty things in your food, in your environments, but be creative. Find the way that, uh, find the way of creativity that speaks to you because that is the antidote to taking in and contracting. That's one of the best ways we can do it. Now the last one, so we've talked about this nature, mindset, and then mantra. The thing we have to remember about the mind is the mind can be trained like anything else. It, it's, it's very much a creature of habit. And this is why if we look at high performance people, people who have done a lot with their lives or people who have really pushed the envelope in terms of mind over matter, you know, being strong willed in the mind and having it override some of what the body thinks it can do. This is about, you know, positive brainwashing essentially. And we, ha we, ha we do have to think about this, you know, brainwashing I don't think is inherently bad. We all brainwash ourselves in certain ways from maybe content we're taking in things we tell ourselves about ourselves, but it is a mantra. And th there's, there's a dynamic here that I think we all have to pay attention to. And it's mantras, affirmations, these repetitive things that we tell ourselves become our operating system. And the things we take in from parents, we take in from friends, we take in from the media, these are mantras too, and we just don't know it. And we're, we're not as aware of it we're a lot more hip to the idea that we can say a mantra to ourselves, or we can say an incantation to ourselves, or we can repeatedly, you know, go over something in our head to change our thinking about something. We understand that, but the mantras come at us as well. And I think what we have to remember is the media right now, it's an ongoing mantra about COVID-19. It's a, it's a constant barrage of information, data, stats, deaths, what's happening, who's dying, who's doing well, what, what new drugs are coming out, what, what are we doing to combat it, how are people you know, getting their masks, there's so much information and it's a lot of repetitive energy coming in over and over again and you've gotta just be aware, whether you think it's inherently bad what the media is doing or you think it's inherently good, be aware that the mantras are a two-way street. How we interface and how we think about things in our head and how we take things in are all along the same lines. Now, if we think about the notion of prayer, whether you believe in God or a higher power or not, if you pray, say, to yourself and you're just asking for guidance from within, whatever your thing is, you know, no judgment in terms of what people believe. But if we think about prayer, prayer is the same way. It's an intentional, repetitive process where we go through where we're asking for either forgiveness or we're asking for health for a loved one or health for ourselves. But there's a mental process of repeating and going over and reviewing something. It's putting positive thoughts in a certain direction towards a specified goal or outcome that we are hopeful of. And this is why we have to be very careful in terms of what we're thinking. And I think the thing to think about is when we are thinking thoughts throughout our day and we're wondering about where is this going to go? What is the end game with all of this? Do we go back to quote unquote normal? These are questions I don't have answers to. I'm asking myself all the time too. I don't want this to be a new normal, but I also understand things might look different. 
But the thing we all have to remember as conscious creators, and that's what human beings are. This is what we this is what we do actually quite well, and what separates us from the animal kingdom is that we have the capacity to create. And the thing that we have always got to remember, and it's a natural order, okay, physics will say it, but Eastern philosophy is really big on this. Everything of form starts at the immaterial level. And what that means is it starts with a thought. So the chair I'm sitting in right now, if you guys are watching on YouTube, the sculpture next to me, the painting, or the, sorry, the photograph behind me here of Mount Rainier, all of these things, okay, were, they started in someone's mind first. They had an idea for an image, for this sculpture, a swirly piece, you know, um, glazed in a shiny metallic coat. Started that way, someone had to get the clay, fire it, find the appropriate glaze, cover it up. Someone had to think of this lazy boy chair. I've got to get the materials that are soft inside of it. We're going to have to screw it this way. We're going to have to bolt it here, put it together. But in the end, it starts up here. And it's true for everything in our life. Everything starts as a thought. And eventually, we give it enough time and enough thought, and we extrapolate upon it, and we ponder it, and we go over it, and we restructure it. We end up building something or creating something from it. This is how our vehicles are produced. It started with an idea first. And so people say, oh, it's just a passing thought. Yes and no. We have to be very aware of what we're thinking about right now. Where are we putting our mental focus for the things to be created in the coming years, in the coming months, in the coming days and weeks? What are we thinking about and where are we putting our energy and what are we telling ourselves about where this can go? We have to be very aware that when we're listening to all of the news and it puts us into a panic state, we are now praying almost in a panic state. We are almost unconsciously praying. We're almost unconsciously repeating mantras in our head because of what we're seeing. So I'm not saying avoid the news necessarily. I'm keeping it to a minimum just for my own personal stress levels. And that's what's working for me personally right now. But I'm not telling people to not listen to the news. If you feel being informed from what the mainstream media is saying, absolutely listen. I think it's, you know, it's well within your right to do that. But also counterbalance it with positive thinking. Start putting your mind in a direction and your attitude in a direction of where you would like to go. I just saw, you know, recently I saw something, you know, someone had posted where Fauci had said that, you know, from this point forward, handshakes, you know, might not be a thing anymore. There might just be a total removal of that. And I thought, for one, who are you to make that call? And two, you know, I thought initially, I was like, that's never going to work for me. And it's not to say that for periods in a pandemic that I, I, you know, that I obviously we're all keeping our distance and not doing that. But to think that we, we have to remove something physical from the culture, something as, as bonding as a handshake or a hug that brings so much more than just a, a blind ritual. There's so much human connection and emotionality that comes from those things that we have to weigh those things also. Mental health and the energetic and emotional and unseen connections that happen from physical contact are really important. And, and those things do boost immune system. Mood upliftment has better immune response. So we've got to keep these things in mind. And that was something I was like, I'm not feeding that thought. That's not where I'm going to put my energy. And that's not to say I'm not open to hearing other people's perspectives on why that might be a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't even mean I'm right. But where I'm putting my energy, where I'm focusing and where I'm mentally intending, where I'm putting my intentional force is not there. 
I see myself hugging my friends again. I see my, myself shaking hands with people who want to work with me and me feeling the grip of their hand and making good eye contact. And I see myself sharing a glass of wine with my mom and handing it to her. And I am focusing on those things and I think it's really important that we do that. We've gotta be so aware that our mind is incredibly powerful and the things we think do eventually come into form whether we like it or not. All the things we've built, and this is very evident and this was driven home very much in my artistic career. Every idea that I've had for a drawing or a sculpture starts here. It's something I read, the, the idea spins through my head, I see an image, and then that image, I start to blend with other things about my life. I start to think in symbols, like what, what symbols mean what, and how do I create this into a visual idea? And so I think for artists, we, we think of like that. We, we, we think in pictures, we think in visual terms, and we have, this, we have this aptitude and want and need and desire to create things into a visual medium. How do we take an idea and make it visually represented? So even if you're not an artist, realize that the thoughts we think are gonna take form somewhere eventually. So we should all be mindful of what we're thinking about right now and where are we attending because the things we think about really do dictate how we behave and how we act and how we navigate this terrain. So I hope this finds you guys well. I know people are struggling mentally and emotionally. I know it's very real and please know you know, my door is open. And I'm not even saying for a paid consult, you guys. I'm saying in terms of, I have been, in my life, I have reached out to people sometimes that I didn't know necessarily well. And I've reached out to them in places of very real vulnerability when I was not doing well. And I would say without fail, most people in my life have shown up incredibly well. There have been times when people don't show up and that's okay. But when I've asked and said, look, I'm really struggling with this thing. Can you help me? And can you just listen to me talk? Know that my door is open, even if we don't know each other well. I'm always willing to listen to someone just circulate what's going on inside of them. And I don't have to say much. And I'm happy to give feedback. And if you guys do want to consult, you want strategies and techniques, you want breathing techniques, if you want to work on how to improve your food dynamics, the foods you should be eating, the things you can do, the activities, the breathing activities that, that you can do outside. Because Chinese medicine is pretty amazing at this. They've got, they've got a plethora of things you can do outside in different ways, essentially, to absorb the natural current that exists outside. How do you take in sunlight more consciously? How do you take in fresh air more consciously? How do you breathe a specific way when you're on the grass or when you're in water? They have techniques for all of these things because Chinese culture was very good at assessing and feeling what they would call subtle energetics. The, the subtle rhythms that were not necessarily fully keen to, but they could be felt. And again, it goes back to this idea, the immaterial matters, okay? Thoughts don't have any form and they dictate and predicate how our life terrain is created. So don't underestimate the immaterial, don't underestimate the subtle. The subtleties right now are really important. What are you thinking about? How are you breathing? Are you getting outside? Those little things add up to quite a bit if you allow them to. So again, you guys, my door is open for an open ear for a consult. Please know that I am thinking about everybody. I'm sending lots of good prayers to, at the moment, to the planet. I think there's a lot of people that are really struggling and I have my days where I'm not doing so great. Stress rises, sometimes it's anger, sometimes it's grief. There's a lot going on inside of myself and I know that I'm not the only one. So my heart's go out to you guys. Um, just know that we are all in this together. We're all doing the best we can with what we've got and make room for everybody to have their process because everyone's going through this in a different way. But I think it's good to just keep having conversations, keep listening to what people are saying, and be willing to hear every side. Some people are really scared, some people are really compromised, some aren't. 
and we've all got to find our way to, to hear each other out. So big love to you guys. Take care of yourselves and um, enjoy your day.